Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Oi, the boys on Footy Prime on occasion are known to use vulgarities and frankly appalling language. And sometimes tales are quite adult in nature. So keep the volume down if there are kiddies around. And thank you for listening. Let's go! Booty, booty. It's time to get this party started. Booty, booty. It's time to get this party started. You know that we are the number one show. So grab your fucking mitts and now it's time to go. Cause it's the booty, booty. It's time to get this party started. It's the booty, booty. It's time to get this party started. With Danny, Jimmy, Greg, and Andy, Jimmy, JC. You're listening to This Just In on Footy Prime, your almost daily footy fix. Uh, I went to Home Depot yesterday, or Rona, and don't I get a flat tire when it's raining? It's two degrees and raining, and I have to change a tire in the parking lot in, in one of the turning lanes. So all these people are beeping at me, and I'm like, I'm fixing a tire. Well, at, least my- at least you're doing it yourself, and you're not going CAA to change a freaking tire like some people. Well, I have to say, those people are, are not right in the head. They're not right in the head. I bet you Googled how to put on a tire. No, there are certain skills that should be passed on through the <laughs> generations. Changing tire, how to wipe your bum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if changing a tire is the same as wiping your bum. I think it's important. <laughs> I never remember being taught to wipe my ass. You must have really? been at some point, Craig. I would think. Yeah, because your mom or your dad would say you didn't do it well enough. Mm-hmm. Keep wiping till there's nothing there. Unless you're one of those, you're one of those child prodigies who just, you know, straight away <laughs> out the womb died cleaning his own ass. Yeah, I, I had a cigarette. Let's pop one out. I was like baby Herman. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to amount to great things, this young Craigery. Yep. And you did. Not in academia, though. On the football pitch instead. Oh, that's Busy a day today, that's a, that's a different type of intelligence, Charms. It is. No, absolutely. It pays better. Don't you think? I would think mm-hmm. that most academia, most academia sure. doesn't pay very well. Macadamias are very expensive. They are, right? They are. They're the most expensive nut. I think so. Well, pine nut's up there. No, Craig's other nut, the missing nut, is the most expensive nut out there because they don't know why. They don't know where it is. I think they should be. There should be. It's like a treasure chest. Yeah. Nick Cage is going to. Who can find Forrest's nut? Yeah. Nick Cage is going to make a movie about the the lost nut. 
<laughs> Good chances in Cambridge. Mm. Start with oh, Cambridge. Maybe not, you know. I think it could be in a squirrel's belly right now. They may have used it to clone <laughs> you. Have you thought about that? There could be like tons of little Craig Forests running around, or actually not little ones, really large ones. Craig Forests running around. Yeah. And some evil doctor got the nut, procured it, cloned it, boom, like Dolly the Sheep. What, just all these kids running around with four-foot torsos? Yeah. <laughs> We're amazing at catching soccer balls. <laughs> just just diving all over the place. <laughs> maybe it's Nick Pope. Yeah, maybe. Could it be? How old is Nick Pope? How old is he? He's, um, it has to be around 24, right, Craig? 1999, 2000? Was it 99-2000? Was, was that when it happened? It was, right? It was 99 or 2000? The extrication. Well, it, could, it could be, I mean... Oh, yeah. it could be any time, yeah. could be... No, 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 but if... if, if I mean, this makes more sense. Um, if the doctor cloned you from the removed ball, mm. that was in what, 2000, <laughs> That was his right? chance. That 2000 or 99? 2000. Yeah, why, why would they use that? They're not going to use the... I mean, that's a damaged goods, that one. <laughs> no, no, but DNA, though. They can still get the DNA from it. And it's like you. the, yeah, the bended I, pen that's on the shelf that they take off because they can't. Well, wouldn't it be a lot easier just to go into like his like rubbish bin next to his bed, like because there's going to be loads more you know DNA in there that's like really good, good fresh thing. DNA on a you know semi daily basis. No, How that's do you get it off of a tissue though. That's me. That's me. Thirteen oh. times a day, folks. Just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, but just pro- serious. He's again, just though. a pro- professional wanker. <laughs> getting serious here if they cloned no craig if they cloned him it didn't have to be then right it could have been any time between then and now right to clone craig right but, but i i did so, shoot into a cup so why would they bother i actually saved him the hassle of trying to no 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 they're cloning you i'm not saying they're inseminating you they're cloning you like the sheep right so it's like literally clones of you running around well don't they have to use doctor. the semen or something or not no and by the, the way hey stack Stacks, can I just say something? For the record, you shot more than enough off of one bollock. <laughs> Thanks, Jimmy. I just want to put it out there because people are going to question it. Thanks, buddy. More I than liked, enough. I like the way that Charm said, no, seriously, you really wanted to get deep into that? I did. Because I'm just trying to think, it could be anyone between that then and now who looked like Craig and is really good at catching soccer balls. Ooh. So... I mean, are there good 24-year-old goalkeepers out there right now? Yes, there are. Like, great 24-year-old goalkeepers. How many look just like Craig? Has to be some in the world right now, mm. right? Anyway, well, that's if they did it. If they did it, but let's... Of course they did it. <laughs> the, the whole point of this conversation is that they did it. You're like a specimen, man. You're like a professional athlete, like a, this elite-level athlete. They couldn't believe their luck. So, wait, you think there's a doctor that went... Oh, I can make some money here. But yeah, yeah, for sure. And he probably works at Man City now. They're evil. Fucker. Or in the Saudi Arabian <laughs> League or something. Probably. Anyway. I, I think, hold on, before you jump in and say, hey, it's Footy Prime. I think that all of our listeners, you know, and especially our, our Footy Prime faithful, should comb through the world of sport and find not only goalkeepers, but... 24 let's say 20 to 26 28 year old athletes that resemble that could be 
a clone of Craig Forrest because I bet you there's a bunch. Think about that hair, that quaff that he mm-hmm. that you had. Uh, rest in peace. Um, that there, there's got to be some <laughs> some clones of Craig Forrest out there, and I'd love to see you know our viewers or listeners' interpretations of what, who they think could be the lost uh, Jurassic Park freak show of Craig Forrest. I tell you what, the Photoshop's getting a good working over the next few days, isn't it? I tell you that much from our creative and brilliant followers. Anyway, guess what? <laughs> it's funny by the podcast. <laughs> this just in. <laughs> we never planned these intros. Can you believe that? I know you think it's planned because it's so well put together. I didn't even <laughs> realize we were live there. No, I, I, I see the, uh, the live recording there. button up there and thought, let's just keep going. Let's do it. What's happening? We'll get to the Canada game, by the way, against Curacao shortly. But uh, just before we start recording today, Antonio Conte leaves Spurs by mutual consent. <laughs> yeah. yeah, mutual consent. Uh, Christian Stellini is going to take the helm along with Ryan Mason until the end of the season. This is always going to happen, right, Jimmy? There's no surprise whatsoever. It was untenable. Well, Charms, we did talk about it. We posted about it, and we knew it was coming, but just when? And the time has come. The players it was inevitable. Really... It was inevitable. Everybody yeah, knew. Oh, yeah. The players, there's, there's a piece thought. in the uh, Athletic um, about the, the room and the toxicity at Spurs the last few weeks, and apparently it's just brutal. The players yeah. just had, had enough of this guy's antics. Couldn't do it anymore. Poor JC, right? Lifelong Spurs fan. <laughs> and and this is a fourth fourth coach in two years now, JC. <laughs> JC, who'd who'd have thunk it? You know, I mean, I was I was all like, oh bollocks, and then I was like, oh, you, you kidding me? And then, uh, boy, I'm all you know, the family and I, we've just been mourning the last couple minutes after hearing this news. So, yeah. hey, I think the big question is though, JC, is how'd your buddy Tyson take it? Yeah, you know, he, he was big with you on Spurs. <laughs> are we talking about our special friend michael yeah <sighs> let me just see if i can get him <laughs> i have two words to say about this first of all the san antonio tottenham Hotspurs have been through so many things over so many years and it's always been like oh you know one more thing and then to have this travesty of a disgrace decide to leave amicably, amicably uh, from our great organization in San Antonio and in Tottenham, England, Britain, Spurs. <laughs> it's just, it's absolutely incredulous. It's impregnable. And I would eat his children. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Yeah. And I, just, I think you're right. I mean, at this point, what can you do but eat Daniel Levy's children? I mean, that's the only way to punish a guy at this point, isn't it? Another poor hire. Great first start. You know, what is it about Antonio Conte? Are you a former footballers, Craig? You know, you played under a bunch of different managers. Antonio Conte comes in. He, he, I guess he stirs a pot. He has immediate success at numerous clubs, but it's very short-lived, and then it all goes pear-shaped. I mean, as a footballer, I guess you can just take the bullshit for only so long and when you start questioning it is when it all starts going wrong. Well, he also 
yeah, he's he's got a temper. He's got a real fiery, you know, personality. And now he's got to a stage of his career where he can, you know, he's won titles with Juve, Chelsea, Inter. Um, excellent. So he's got to a point where he figures, you know, I can tell people to fuck off, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and he's going to get another job, but it's certainly you got to be careful if you're in ownership now, you know, you bring, bring in somebody like that. And it's like, all right, be careful. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, Jimmy, what, what is next for him? I mean, if you're an owner, a chairman, right. You know what he does, you know, he will bring you success in the very short term, but is he, is he damaged goods? Is he tarnished? Cause once again, he falls out with the guys that pay. Him no, money. listen, these, these guys will always, they'll land on their feet. You know, he, he is a good manager, but I think sometimes, you know, you, you can't you can't blame the managers. I think you've got to also look at the organization. I mean, you've had, you've had Pochettino, who's a world-class manager there. You've had Conte, world-class manager. You've had Mourinho, a world-class manager. And nobody can get that organization going. Nobody can get the players firing. So... Is it the managers? Because the managers have success wherever they go. But as soon as they land in Tottenham, for some reason, they can't have success. So maybe it's maybe it's the players. Maybe it's the players you're bringing in. Maybe it's the upper management. But you can't keep blaming the managers when you've had world-class managers coming in, trying to save this club and trying to win things with this club. They've been really, really close. I mean, Pochettino was in the European Cup final. Yeah. Mourinho was in a final. You can't put that down to the ownership. I mean, they got them to those positions, and they they're very very close. They finished in the top four. Remember, they fired Mourinho like a week before a cup final. Yeah, it was right. He got because he, he didn't he didn't actually manage in the final. They fired him before the final. Crazy. That was crazy. Was bizarre. Yeah, yeah. Like Byron, Byron, for winning Byron, their manager. Who's chasing the title and in the semifinal? Of a it was like when I fired Don King when I was going for the heavyweight title, and I said, <laughs> "Don, you're taking too much of my money," and I just fired him, and then I lost. I lost again because I bit a man's ear off. Sorry, <laughs> I just had to get in there because a lot of emotional tragedy and trauma that I'm dealing with with this, and it just comes out of nowhere. I'm so sorry, Spurs. I believe in you. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. <laughs> Mike's great, isn't he? Thanks, thanks. I love JC Tyson, yeah. But yeah, but, but I mean, okay, so who do you blame, right? Well, okay, you can blame the managers, okay, yeah. But um, like I said, there's been numerous managers have, have failed, so to speak. Players come and go, right? It's not the same squad as it was five years ago. Harry Kane remains. Maybe it's Harry Kane's fault, not strong enough goals. Maybe that's what it is. Um, Daniel Levy's <laughs> there been there 20 years. But before Dan Levy, they weren't winning trophies. It's not as if Spurs was this story. I mean, they're a big club. They have trophies in the past in the 60s. It's not as if they were this storied, storied club that won and dominated at dynasties every single year. Maybe no. they are just what they are, right? Craig, they're, they're a big club. They're a decent club. Going to always be in that, that kind of top four conversation, give or take. But winning yeah. trophies, it ain't easy. No, it's not. They're just on the edge, aren't they? They're on the cusp. And I think that, you know, you see this brand new shiny digs that they've got. It's a fantastic facility. And that sort of uh, hurt them financially too. It's held them back. Had to have. Um, you expected that. But they do have a good group of players, but they just didn't seem to 
click at the very, very top and be able to be consistent enough. And they just drop at the, you know, all these cup opportunities, the FA Cup recently just failing. And yeah, yeah. but Levy's been had, he's 11 different managers he's had at that club. And he's, and he's had some really, really good ones. And you know, Jimmy as well, is that the ownership, our ownership when I was at West Ham and that were, eh, they're vanilla, but what the fuck did that mean to us? Like they didn't, they didn't hang around the the, the ground. I, I don't think Levy's hanging around the training ground at all. You don't see them. You're pretty much left to do what you need to do and work. Yeah. So I find that kind but, of strange. But, but do not do not think stacks. Right when you when you look at Poch, he won everything in Paris, right in the, in Liga. Okay, won everything there. Mourinho's won so much. In Portugal, in Spain, in England. Conte is one in England. He's one in Saria. Like, if you're Daniel Levy, would you not be listening to these guys and going, right, tell me how to win? What do I need to do to win? But he gave Conte 150 million pounds last summer to bring exactly. in his players. Like, okay, what's that? With all, hey, with, with all due respect, right now with the Premier League, 150 million. What's that getting you? <laughs> that's true. Two well, players. That's the problem that Spurs don't live in that 300, 350, 400 million. Okay, so then maybe it's Spurs' fault for trying to play in that playground, but maybe they shouldn't be in there. And well, maybe start... their expectations are too high. Well, maybe that's what it is. Then that's probably what it is. Yeah. Our uh, our friend Chris Rourke from the Footy Prime Supporters Club said, "Good riddance." His antics were a distraction. Need a manager. I need a manager who is about the team, not himself. His ego is bigger than his talent. With rich owners, he wins. His style is horrendous to watch. Chris Mark. Uh, he's not wrong. It's wow. tough to watch, that's for sure. It is it's tough to watch. Pragmatic to say the best, but and, and it has yeah. been successful, that style, right? But he seems very stubborn when it doesn't work. I say it doesn't work. I mean, I said it last time on the show, right? They are in fourth place in the Premier League. It's yeah. not the worst season ever. You know, there's a couple of other big clubs with far worse seasons, right? Chelsea, Liverpool, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Awful seasons domestically. I think Conte um, sees him falling out of the top four. That's why he's just getting off this ship now. I left in the top four. So Ooh. he's trusting Christian Stellini and Ryan Mason to, to lead them to the promised land? They tried that before Ryan Mason, didn't they, remember? When they fired Mourinho. Not Ryan Mason's fault, don't get me wrong, but... It's not as if he he you know was the uh, the solution to their what ailed them. I don't know, but I still think it's a it's a destination for a manager, a, a pretty big name manager, don't you? This summer, London, beautiful stadium, for sure. Of course it is, because whatever manager goes in wants to be the guy that's going to win a Champions League and wants right. to win a Premier League. Unless they might, say you have to sell Kane, they might be like, ah. yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. Do you want to be the manager that sells Harry Kane? Moonwalk out that door like Forrest going into the closet when he gets certain <laughs> questions. <laughs> yeah, and I will see. It's going to be interesting. There's a lot of big name managers available this summer. Not Tuchel. Um, not Tuchel. No, he's been snapped up. Nagelsmann, maybe. Oh, yeah, that's a show. I think yeah. Real Madrid were sniffing around if Ancelotti decides to leave. Yeah, yeah, and it's a good chance he will leave this this. This summer. Anyway, Bayern Munich have had some very strange, when you go back to um, Hankus. Yep, Hankus. He won the treble. 
the treble because Pep was out there and some of them was worried about losing him. They went, all right, yep, uh, you're uh, you're yep out of here. See ya. And they brought in Pep. It was like, what the fuck? Yeah, I want the treble. You imagine sitting at home with your trophies, beat <laughs> up, having a cigar. Life's great. Yeah, by the way, you're out. Fired. <laughs> See you later. Yeah. And then he came back for another stint again, Hank, because he, he's always been sort of part of the club, but he certainly wasn't happy with that. By the older. way, speaking of trophies, my favorite part of the entire broadcast last night at Canada, Curacao, was post-match Jimmy, when Andy was asking you about the Gold Cup and did you get a little trophy? And, and your response was, nope, the CSA didn't get us one. Funnily enough, I fucking pissed myself when I heard that. <laughs> you said, funnily enough, <laughs> I just slipped it in there. <laughs> I thought you might have thrown in Diva Cup like our Friday. Yes, <laughs> they got us a Diva Cup. <laughs> I got one. Did you get one, Jimmy? What's that? I got one. What? <laughs> Yeah, it's all like in, bra- in glass and encased. It's like, oh, piss off. There's no way. So you can find it. I might have to get it out of the safe. <laughs> you don't understand how much Wonga, JC, and me hope that's true. I'd be never say that. I'd just give up. I'd walk amazing. away from this game. I'd be finished. That's it. Done. Well, let Done. me have a quick little look. You guys continue. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> He's walking away. Really, oh, my God. If you can find it, that would be incredible. <laughs> well, it's just going to be some other trophy that I wasn't involved in. <laughs> oh, yeah. I thought you were involved in this one. So this weekend, Jimmy Canada beat Curacao 2 nothing. Curacao, yeah. so they bloody shit, dude. Not a great game. Pretty awful game. You know, the pitch, the plastic pitch didn't yeah. help, of course. Now they're getting yeah. set for Honduras. On Tuesday, um, you caught you were obviously not on the call, but you were in studio. You watched that game very, very closely. Are you? Do you think John Herbin's happy? He said he's pretty happy with the way you saw. Tactically, it was fine. It's just never an easy match down in those parts of the world. But uh, the old cliche, job done. Well, it, it is. I mean, look, you know, with uh, with Herman, he's Herman. He's right in what he's saying. It's you get down there, and it's results driven and you do whatever you can to get the result it was was it a pretty game no no it wasn't it was it was a bad game but you're going to get them especially when you're down in the caribbean and central america there's no easy games they're always difficult look we said it before this is not going to be an easy match where we're going to pump them seven nil it's going to be a tough match it's going to be physical the teams are going to try carousel is going to try to get in get in the canadians heads and frustrate them and make it difficult and you could see it probably took 20, 20 odd minutes before the ball settled down a little bit. It was bouncing all over the place. And and our players had trouble getting on it and getting the rhythm in the game. We did not have a rhythm in the game. Now, when we play here in Toronto, it's going to be completely different. You'll see the way that we're knocking the ball around. Our movements can be night and day. But when you go to those places, it's do whatever you can to get three points and let's get the hell out of here as quick as possible. And to be fair to them, they they did it. They grinded out, and they got the result. Yeah, when they were um, when I was watching England play, and I went to that surface is absolutely perfect. It just shows you how important that is when you're you don't even think about receiving the ball, but when you play on a surface that is so inconsistent, 
you have no confidence in it. So you're, you you really have to approach it cautiously. And then it just makes for kind of a slower game. And then the ball runs away from you on the pitch and yeah, it's, right. it's not normal what they play on. So yeah, it's it pretty much what I expected. I didn't think it was ever going to be a, uh, Mona Lisa. <laughs> no, yeah, of course Mona not. And, and you know, the, the hardest thing is right. When, when you're playing on nice surfaces, which all these players are, and, you know, Canada's in a, in, in a stage right now where we play good football. We can play really, really good football, entertaining, attacking football. And on that pitch, we couldn't really play to our strengths. And Craig, you know this firsthand. When you're playing on that artificial turf, when I see a ball that's in the air and it's about to bounce, when it's on grass and it bounces up, it might be maybe three, four inches higher than what it does on, on artificial turf. So you saw a lot of the times where guys were trying to read the bounce and they're trying to judge and they're shifting their bodies, we're expecting where that ball to be. And it's mm-hmm. not because of the, the bounce that comes off or sometimes it holds up or there's a spin on the ball where the turf just grips it and plays a different, different bobble. And we were struggling big time, even with the passes. There was a couple of times where the players have passed it forward into the path of somebody else. Because when you pass it forward and we're, we're on the break, you, you try not to break a player's stride. You want him full tilt and play that ball into yeah. his back. But it was overrunning now because the turf was playing that way. And, and as far as them actually creating anything, it was never really going to happen because they – they had some pace, but not anything that get past our defenders. So they tried to go wide and they would try to run them and they couldn't get by. So they were just sort of trying to flip it into the box and our def- central defenders were just gulping them up. And in the end, I think Milan had uh, one shot on net. So there's no concern there. But yeah, it was never going to be a really nice watching game. Just It just doesn't set up that well. So, Hey, can I just ask you guys, by any chance, did you see the uh, the, the save of the match? The one soccer save of the match? Um, no. no. It, it was in well, Milan, I hope. It was Milan? <laughs> Wait, do you see it? We tried to have a save of the match, and there was only one. <laughs> it was I'm like Ray, Ray Adam from like 20 uh, yards out. Uh, I'm not being my, – my grandmother would have just dropped on that and grabbed it. <laughs> Oh, I've, you know what? They, they've had some beauties, maybe even worse than that as save of the match as before. Yeah. Was it a, I get it because there was nothing else. That was the only one that we could have shown. Was it a it sponsored segment? It was sponsored, right? It must have yeah. been. Well, so, their yeah. keeper made some good saves. <laughs> yeah, their keeper he made, he a, made couple a couple good enough. So it, for, it had, to be, had to be a Milan save? It yeah, couldn't it be was, the... Uh, it brilliant. We had a good laugh with it. It was it was a good banter. What if they didn't have any shot? They just show him standing there with a cigarette? Scratching his nut. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that Canada needs pretty soon another like good performance and a win? Because let's go back now. The last what well, last qualifying match they lost, right? Then they're the friendlies, Uruguay and Japan, right? You know, friendlies, not not great performances. Lost one. Japan was better. Then the World Cup happened, didn't win a game. Curacao, you know, they win it, do the job, that's just fine. Not a great performance on what was as just discussed. Difficult circumstances Honduras now at home I mean to me I think this team needs Craig a really good performance and and a good three points don't you yeah 
and and I think we're going to see that against Honduras. I don't think Honduras is as strong as we've ever seen them. In fact, they're very poor still compared to what they have been. But it won't be long. They'll get it right. And we'll see what they have as well now. But it'll be a, it'll be much different. And we're going to see what we saw at the uh, during the qualification. To be honest with you, yeah, I agree. Craig's bang on. It's going to be night and day now when you see this game at home. Yeah. The way that we play, it's going to be dynamic. We're going to be attacking, fullbacks bombing on. It's going to be a completely different game. Have been wrong, though, in the past, you know. And I have been. No, no, <laughs> stop it. Here we go. Here we go. You know, Craig's right, you know. Craig, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's bang on there, too, right? Yeah, he's bang on there as well. <laughs> Craig shedding himself before the Curacao match <laughs> last week, wasn't he? He likes to yeah. waver, eh? Well, I didn't yeah. say that. I know, I'm trying to back him here, and then I got to keep going on this teeter-totter with him. <laughs> You just can't take these guys lightly. No. Uh. (laughs) Um, Hey, Jimmy, do you care to like explain to our audience, you know, what all these games mean right now and what's at stake and what can they can do? And that they've now qualified for the gold cup. Yeah. Start with that. And what next? Qualify for the gold cup, which is brilliant. Um, And I'll tell you before we go into it, Charms, I love what they've been talking about is about winning. And now they're all confident enough thinking, we need to win something. We need a championship and we need to win this goal cup. So for me, that mentality that they have right now and what they're going into and the confidence that they have and the belief, I'm loving it. I'm loving it because I don't think we've, we've heard that in a very long time about a group saying we want to win trophies now because we feel we're that good, which is exciting. Well, they get a point against Honduras, right? And they'll get a chance to win a trophy, right, Jimmy? In Las Vegas in June. Yeah. Absolutely. Nation and that, that's what it's about as players and it's footballers. You, you play to win. Like you want to win trophies. And when you finish your career and the time's up and you're not playing anymore, all you have is those, those trophies in the cabinet. So you want to win as much as you can. But I, I, I believe this squad and I think when everybody's fit and they're healthy, I think they can win something. Um, and the Gold Cup's going to be the first thing they're going to. Well, Nations League, if they can, if they can win that, and obviously Gold Cup. But if they do, I mean, their their next goal and target is to get into the Copa America, and that was something Craig and I we 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 were on our way down to play in the Copa America, um, but obviously political reasons we got pulled out uh, of that tournament. But that was one tournament that I would have loved to have played in. My God, I would have. The been cartels so were threatening to kill people. So uh, the government thought it was better that we didn't go. Yeah, us and us and Argentina. Well, we were supposed to play Argentina. Yeah. We were in the same group, and they pulled out as well. It was mm-hmm. devastating. That was one tournament that we we were like, can't believe we're going to the Copa America. And then Honduras, Honduras took our spot. They're like, it's safer there than it is here in Honduras. So we'll mm-hmm. we'll go. And they ended up finishing third. Yeah, I was waiting for Craig to give you the pros and cons of the cartels. Because <laughs> they're really bad, but, but sometimes, yeah, <laughs> quality gear. <laughs> hey, let, let me ask you: this. If there's one player on that squad back in in that day, you know, when you guys are trying to qualify, who had qualified for Copa, if there was one player on the squad who might have been entangled with the cartels, who would it have been? 
Ooh. Oh. That's a good question. Zauza? <laughs> Zauza. <laughs> why Zauza why got caught up in Zauza would have got caught up in some stupid stuff. Especially <laughs> they might have thought that he was like that he was one of them. <laughs> Just the way he looked, being short. The black hair, the tan. <laughs> black hair. Therefore, you look like a council member. Hey, amigo, come here. Pesci could have fit <laughs> into Narcos. You're talking about Joe Pesci, aren't you? Pesci could have 100% looked like he was in Narcos. Well, Pesci was also, back then, he was with Karen at that point, right? Yeah. So he had some money behind him. They could have kidnapped him, right, and held him for ransom. And he's probably worth the most out of all of you at that time. Well, I mean, with the, with the dough that he has, I mean, obviously, we probably would have, we would have all gave up Pesci. <laughs> 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 hey, you okay, can have him. Lead up. Pesci, he's here. Yeah. I remember <laughs> when he 20%. Told, me, told me over the phone he was uh, seeing Karen Brady when he was living about the shops in Birmingham somewhere. That's when he was at the club, right? As well, like playing for the club that she was. Yeah, yeah. I said, "Fuck, man, you're rolling the dice." I said, "Either spend the rest of your life with her, you'll never play football again." And so far, it's spend the rest of your life with her. So it works out pretty well, doesn't it? Oh, (laughs) she's loaded. Lovely lady. Lovely lady. And Karen Brady is who again, guys? If you want to give these guys an update, who are listening to us? Isn't she one of the board members of? West Ham. West Ham, or she's the chairwoman of uh, chairwoman of West Ham. Yeah, West one of the most famous faces in in England, actually, in Great Britain. Because yeah, her, her name was her name was mentioned was... on Ted Lasso. Yeah, yeah. No, she's basically Donald Trump from The Apprentice, right? Basically, yeah, yeah. that's what she is. That's right. She was on yeah Ted Lasso. Yeah, she does that. It's still oh, she's popular. Popular. She's awesome. Really popular. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so Canada can qualify potentially for Copa America. It goes through the next next season's. Um, Nations League, which starts in well, September, but they can actually get a bye to the quarterfinals, depending on what happens now, I think, in the next window. So it's, it's very convoluted, but still, there's a real pathway. I think at this point, I'd be surprised if Canada didn't make Copa. There's still big games before then, I know that, but given the, the structure of CONCACAF right now, um, I, I think they should be good. What was that? I thought my, I thought my microphone was on and I burped. <laughs> I thought oh, you farted. No, that was a burp. Excuse me, everybody. So classy, just such classy. Sometimes yeah. things happen when you're making when you're your making content. Worse than your farts. What's uh, that? Anyway, your listen, we'll be at um, Honduras match on Tuesday, and we will be having our first in-person podcast on Wednesday. Back in the tent, first yeah. time in a long time with Dubs. Amy's going to be joining us for that one as well on Wednesday. So that should be a ton of fun. And uh, we'll be enjoying the game on Tuesday before then. Um, other news to get to. England beat Ukraine 2-0. Yeah, I, I saw, Craig, you sent me a text. I was at a rink all day. wasn't watching the games today, but you mentioned the Saka goal for England. <laughs> that kid is on some heater right now, isn't he? What a player. Yeah. Unbelievable. I mean, they, they have got to go into this this tournament when they qualify. And, you know, with that, I mean, they're a good side. They Are they so better now than they were? Time. In the World Cup, Craig? Well, there's not a lot of difference, really. He sticks same to team. pretty much the same. Yeah. Even Maguire, like he, Maguire's not a starter all the time with United, but he's, he's regular with England. 
thing is, England always look like World Cup beaters in qualifying. They do. Right? They, they, with the exception of a couple of tournaments, they just cruise to tournaments, generally speaking. And then, well, they, they, you know, I mean, in qualifying, when you look at this, this is a, they've already played the two really toughest games, really. The, yeah. The next game against Ukraine will be in, in Poland, probably. So it'll be neutral. And then uh, they've just beaten Italy. By the way, they could have been three or four. I know you watch it, three or four up at half. They were unbelievably good. Italy were really poor. But what a response second half by Italy. Holy jeez. Like they were hanging on another couple minutes and they would have got something from the game. But good for England. And they look good against Ukraine uh, today. Um, and then also with the, they didn't create much. One shot on net. It wouldn't be very, it'd be like the uh, save of the day. <laughs> yeah. hey, did you did you read about uh, Mancini when he came out with a quote and he was talking about Italian players and he was saying that he goes back in his day when he was in Italy the kids were out in the streets playing football everywhere all hours of the day just playing football and he goes today he goes you will not find a kid out in the streets playing football and he says there's a reason why now that there's certain individuals that are becoming the top players and majority of them are becoming Brazilian, Argentinian, Uruguayan, because they don't have the lifestyle and technology and everything that we have. And he goes, and that is why we are not producing our top players right now in Italy. And we're falling behind. That's interesting, isn't it? Watch out for Africa in that case, right? Kids still playing on the streets all the time. You're going to see this great talent. Well, the Italians yeah, also have put out a uh, that years ago started searching the world for players with backgrounds that wanted you know were capable of potentially playing to their parents or wasn't whatever. it Liverini? I think was the first guy. I think it was without who wasn't actually Italian. I think mm. could be wrong, but uh, yeah, that's a good point. I know Mancini was mirroring Gareth Southgate's comments this week too about how now there's a smaller percentage of Italians in the Syria. Mm-hmm way smaller percentage of Englishmen in the England, in the Premier League than there ever has been. Now, you have to change that at some point. Yeah. Or just stretch your, your scouting tentacles further afield, like Craig says, yeah. there, and just find people with, with passports. Find a way. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you one thing, too, is England's going to get even stronger and stronger and stronger now because, you know, for the for the last number of years, English players would never travel. They were the worst they wouldn't go play in other countries. Very rarely did you see it. You saw a couple of players that would leave and go play. Yeah. But now you're just seeing an awful lot more that are willing to jump ship and go to Spain, go to Germany, go to Holland, go to France. Mm-hmm. You never used to see that back then. Never I would wonder, any player leave. I wonder what the effects of Brexit will be too and, and work permits. and Really good point. It's going to make a difference. Mm-hmm. And, and I think too, when you look at the German league, as good as it is, it's a great show, uh, obviously top-heavy with Bayern Munich, and that's not healthy. But there's a lot of Germans playing in that league, and they're all German ownership. So you've got this pyramid that the national team is really important to them, but are the ownership in the Premier League, they're, they don't give a crap. So what I'm saying is I think it's really hard to have the best league in the world and have the best national team mm-hmm. of that league because you're sacrificing positions for English players by the by the dozens, right? Yeah. That's a really good insightful take, Craig, because you think, yeah. oh, we, this amazing league that represents the best of the best is actually harming your domestic uh, development. 
Well, you, you say that, and everything you said there makes complete and total sense. But the England team currently is the best I've seen in my life. Yeah. Ooh. It's funny right. because Craig, Craig and I actually had that conversation today, didn't we? And we were talking about how good this English team is. They are ridiculous right now. And they are fun to watch. And I don't think we've ever seen an England team that was this dynamic and forward thinking and productive. Well, I think part of it, Jimmy, though, is St. George's now. Park, right? They've actually invested in the grassroots and that side of things they finally have. in the last 10 years or so. And now we're seeing those players coming through. But so in the Premier League, isn't necessarily the, the, the greatest ally to continue that, right? Um, no, but it is for your top players. Yeah. It is for your top yeah, players. Yeah, if you're that I mean, good, you yeah. yeah. The, the, the top players are are progressing. But do you, think that's why- day, you can only have 20, 20 players on your roster, 23 players on your roster. So if you look after the, the top 23 in the country, they're do you think that's why? Do you think that's why um, you mentioned more English players are going overseas? Do you think they, they see a pathway back to the Premier League easier going, getting out across Europe into Spain or Germany for a while, making a name there, then coming back as opposed to toiling in, in the league championship or in the reserves of a Premier League team? Yeah, I think it took a while as well for the when the EU came about and the, being able to bring players over and you know the different rules and and also some of this foreign foreign countries relaxing their policy on youth yeah. development and the numbers of foreigners that they bring in. So there's a number of different factors for that. But yeah, it's a smaller world, and I think that these players feel much more comfortable traveling than they ever used to. Plus. The other players wouldn't go unless they were going to top teams. I mean, uh, Gascoigne did well. He was very well-liked in Italy. Um, Soonest did well there. He was pretty well-liked. He went over there and smashed people around. Lineker did, did pretty well. Lineker yeah. did well. Yeah. Barcelona. And I think, I think the, other, the, other, the other situation is too, guys, is that, you know, if you're a, if you're a top player and you're very, very good, but you can't break into – you know, top four, top five team in England. But I can go to a Dortmund and I can be one of the starters and I can be playing Champions League football. Or do I go to, you know, a, an Everton or a Southampton or a West Ham or a Forest at Wolves? Do I hover in there and play Premier League football or can I get myself to a top team where I'm going to play Champions League football and be a starter and be... One of the, in one of the best teams in that domestic competition, whether it's Spain, France, mm-hmm. Italy, whatever it is. And you've seen an awful lot of players now that are doing that. I think it comes down to finances. When you look at a team like Brighton and Hove Albion having a, a World Cup winner on their side, yeah, because they have the money to pay these guys. I mean, they, those, they're rich down at the bottom of the Premier League. When you're in it, you've got money and lots of it. And it's distributed the money pretty well. A lot more equal than a lot of team or European leagues, especially when you look at Spain doing their own TV deals individually. Well, fuck the lower teams. When you're the only time you're making money on TV is when you're playing Barcelona, Real Madrid. So they're cleaning up, hence why they dominate financially too, right? So, mm-hmm. well, if yep. you look, if, if you think, for instance, like a, a Smalling, right? He's at Roma right now. What team would he get in? In the Premier League, um, well, what what level? I mean, he he get yeah. into a mid-table team for sure. A mid-table, right? mid-table. Uh, and now he's at Roma, one of the biggest clubs in the world. Of course, we take him. 
<laughs> and Forrest would take him there. Well, I mean, he was at Manchester United and played some big games there for, for a while there, but his career then just kind of petered out, didn't it? I thought he was done. Yeah. And he's just been resurgent at Roma. Yeah. And Tammy Abraham, he's gone there as well. That's a good example, actually. Yeah. Didn't make it right? at Chelsea. Couldn't make it at Chelsea, but he's at Roma. He had a monster club in Serie yeah. A. Mm-hmm. Like, so do you go mid, mid-table Premier League or do you go to a top club in, in Europe? So if, he, if, if Roma want to sell him this summer, what level club's paying for Tammy Abraham? It's not City. It's not no. You know, United Liverpool. It's, it's going to be that, that next group down, isn't it, I think? Yeah. If you're mm-hmm. lucky. Yeah. So I think that's another reason why you're starting to see these, these players move. Remember Salah, when Chelsea didn't really give him an opportunity, he goes to Roma, lights it up. And when Liverpool picked him up, oh, it was like, yeah. Yeah. So I was like oh, okay, it's mm-hmm. interesting, but I wasn't excited. Wasn't like lights out. This guy's been absolutely unbelievable. He's scored more than 20 goals a year ever since yeah, he got there. Smashing all the records there. It's been brilliant. Amazing. Speaking Amazing. of, okay, let, let me, this is kind of a segue kind of. Craig, do you remember what you were doing 20 years ago today? No, but 23 years ago today. De oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry, 23, yeah. Sorry, I'm reading here. 2000. <laughs> there you go. I, fe- I, I had a feeling. I had a feeling. I screwed that one up, didn't I? So, yeah, tell yeah. us, Craig. 23 years ago today, what were you doing? Yeah, watching Trevor Sinclair cross the ball for Paolo Di Canio. The old scissor kick. Unbelievable. Past Sullivan. Yeah, against Wimbledon, right? We voted the best goal ever scored at Upton Park. Which is a little unfair to the thousands of goals that were played there in the late 1800s. And <laughs> some, some, some worldies back in those days. I, bet I would imagine there were some pretty good goals, you know. Sir but Chamberlain. I'm a long when way you got out. 50 different camera angles of these, the modern league. So that goal, though, I mean, it's one of my favorites of all time for sure. You know, what, what, when, what do you, from where your perspective, what did you see? Well, I mean, obviously, I'm standing on the top of the box. And I remember Steve Lomas actually did an overlap to try to drag the defender away from Trevor, which he actually did. Wow. So he did play a part. But as as, as Lomi was running by, I didn't hear him. But because he, Trevor was lining up to cross it and Lomi had run 40 yards to get to do an overlap, he, he's in his Irish accent. He's like, fuck, you fucking <laughs> <laughs> So as the ball's traveling to DeCanio, Lomi's absolutely fucking hammering Sinclair for not, like, giving him the ball, like, laying him in. Next thing you know, I was like, oh, that's not bad. Not bad. It was unbelievable. I remember watching that game and watching that goal, and it was probably one of the best goals I've ever seen. And I remember there was a couple of young guys we were all watching. We were in digs and – I think everybody stood up off the couch, was just like, wow, can't believe he's just finished that. The timing of that. Everything. What a hard technique that was. It was just, it was ridiculous. He did stuff in training. It was just incredible. You know, those little five-a-side nets. I mean, literally, like, it wasn't even a wide one, Jimmy. It was like a small five-a-side. So it was about three feet feet. high. Three feet, yeah, yeah. Three feet. And it was probably only, this one was only probably four feet wide. Yeah. And anyway, DeCanio's got a breakaway in this little five-a-side replant. And I'm like, oh, okay. I, so I just go up, like make myself as big as I can. He's like, he's got nowhere to go. I'm on the freaking line and everything. He's managed to like chip me. Like somehow 
he laid it up over my ear hole and it just <laughs> lied, and it just rolled over my shoulder and there's not a damn thing I could do about it. And I was like, and all the lads are like, you just got fucking shipped. <laughs> 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 You got like, chipped in a five. I side. did. I, I absolutely did. That was brilliant. Yeah. What a player. Oh, he's yeah, yeah. that one, JC Wonga, for a little uh, free prime shorts. He's got it right there. Oh, you wrote right. it down. Nice. Oh, and, and, and Sherms, the funny thing is, you asked because you, you, mis, you misread it and wrote, said 20 years. I know exactly where Craig was 20 years ago. We were coming home from a cancun together this is the because the uh iraq war started and we were in so it was the week after remember that craig came back from cancun that's right yeah i remember us sitting there all drunk and wasted and we were like you know what fuck this that war it's gonna go on for decades yeah me and wong were like all over this is gonna go on it's gonna be a nightmare we bought uh twenty dollars worth of weed from our um waiter and he brought up probably about a yeah. pound and a half of weed that we hid in a and after smoking pot. it it was like a crystal ball we could see into the future <laughs> <laughs> and you weren't wrong about that war were you, no, you were. <laughs> but craig's gonna tell you now what's great about the war <laughs> get so much negative press but on the other hand yeah the other hand yeah do you watch much MLS this weekend? I know we've kind of uh, been absorbed in the, in the internationals. TFC, nil-nil against San Jose late on Saturday night. Sean Johnson once again with a couple of big saves in that one. Yeah, no, it was good for them. They needed that as well, considering the players that they were missing with with Oso, Richie, Akinola, obviously Insigne is out as well. So being Mark on the Anthony road, Mark Anthony K, being on the mm-hmm. road, at San Jose. That- and I put a little drawdown on uh, North Star Bats with them. Yeah. Oh, did you? Nice. Yeah. That, was a, that's a, that was a good show. So for them to get a point, that, that would have been their goal was just get a point on the road. Let's get out of here. So good for them. Vancouver got a point as well in the 97th minute. Ooh, it was what? late. Jesus, against Minnesota. Yeah. That was something, wasn't it? Poor old yeah. Clint Irwin. <laughs> on the road as well. Yeah. Yeah. Clint Irwin in goal for Minnesota. They need to win a game, though, don't they? But that's a that's a that's a great result for them. That should that would have felt good traveling back home after nicking a nicking a unlikely point. Yeah. And that's why you're a Vancouver analyst. <laughs> that's, that's the that's the most insight you've given us in the White Caps all season. It's true. <laughs> well, listen, they haven't won a game yet. Winning. They're not exactly they're not exactly lighting it up here. Like, let's, no, they're not. You know. We'll give the Whitecaps their due in due course, I promise you, fully primers. Um, St. Louis have won five straight off the hop. Not bad they, for the Unbelievable, by the way. Unbelievable. What a team they are right now. Their, their, their support is ridiculous. 15 goals? Yeah. 4-0 against Real Salt Lake. Holy shit. So it wouldn't be the first time uh, an expansion or a First year team has won before, eh? Chicago has done it. Chivas. Did Chivas do it? Or I'm did Atlanta started. do it? I thought it was Chivas won it first year. I thought they were the first ones. Charms? I never thought that. I never thought they you were ever. Good. Good. Let me let me look into this electronic database. Atlanta won first year, did they not? 
Um, maybe right. I'm, I'm right now. I'm on Chivas. Right, Atlanta did. I think. Yeah. I loved our. I loved our four seconds of dead air there. Chivas yeah. USA. <laughs> yeah. Thank you a lot, guys. I'm searching here for a Chivas here. Let's see. Uh, did you know that Atlanta yeah. used to have a Northern NASL team called the Atlanta Chiefs? Mm. They also had a hockey team called the Atlanta Flames. Yes, they did. Um, so, no, the, um, Chivas, they, they won the story. Western Let me Conference, Let finish my story. <laughs> what they win? <laughs> Western Conference in the first year. Yeah, they didn't, yeah. Um, they didn't win the championship, though. Sorry, yeah, I didn't think they were crap. Oh, you just they won the one Western Conference. Oh, big deal. It was a bad experiment that backfired, though, wasn't it overall? Yeah, it was. Well, you know, the interesting thing about that is they they think that well, okay, Mexican side Chivas, but you know, it's a popular team. But if you don't like Chivas in Mexico, which millions of people don't, you're you're not coming to support them. Yeah. You have to be a Chivas fan. You know what I mean? I just don't get it. Like the just, whole plan, right, was to appease the Mexican fan base and draw them north of the border and support this team, right? And it was yeah, because it, of, really, right. Chivas, Chivas is is the people's team because they only sign Mexican players, mm-hmm. and they'll get a couple Americans in there. But you've got to be first generation and from Mexican Mexican family in order mm-hmm. for you to play for that club, mm-hmm. and that's why they don't take foreigners. It's very rare that clubs that are known as the people's club or people's team actually do very much. Now, is that they're always kind of like, ah, plucky outsiders. Good for them when they do win something. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Everton being the prime example of that, right? The people. You were going to say that. So yeah. I'll finish my story about <laughs> oh, the, sorry. Atlanta, the Atlanta Chiefs because it, oh, yeah, inter- it is interesting, I think. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be the judge of that. Is it the actual oh, logo? The, the logo, the chief logo, uh, Kaiser Motang, uh, who played for them from South Africa, took that logo, and it's part of the Kaiser Chiefs uh, logo to this day. When you look at it, the Kaiser Chiefs logo is exactly the logo of what the Atlanta Chiefs was, and Kaiser, who played for them for only two years, I think the Atlanta the, the Atlanta team lasted for took that logo back where it seems like it was more fitting for the Kaiser chiefs, but um, it was basically stolen from the, not stolen, but. And Craig, you can go on, you can go on one better as well about the Kaiser chiefs. The band. Yes. Yeah. And that's because of a South Luke. African play, Luke, Lucas Radaby. Lucas Radaby. They loved uh, who was playing for Leeds United at the time, so they named their band the Kaiser Chiefs. Is that why? Yeah. I yeah. No Lucas, Lucas Radaby, yeah. Because I, I love the Kaiser Chiefs, and I loved Lucas Radaby. That's why. What a player he was. And what a band they were. What a band they were. Mm-hmm. See, that, that, that's they, way more interesting than Craig's first story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but it all plays into one. It does. It's beautiful. If, if, yeah, Poetic. He, Lucas... Kaiser Chiefs, the band would never exist if it wasn't for the the Atlanta Chiefs. No, they might be NASL called team. They they might be called the the James Milners, right? <laughs> well, they wouldn't have sold. They wouldn't have sold. Or the, the Harry Kills, or the Mark Vadukas. Maybe they might have been called instead. Which I think other Luke's players in the Radebe era. It's only his first name. Ian Hart didn't he play there? Yeah. Ian Boyer, Lee Boyer, yeah. Harry Kuehl. 
So yeah, you know. So the, listen, I think they made the right choice going with the Kaiser Chiefs. Thanks to Lucas Radebe, but Alan Smith mm-hmm. could have been. Well, what, what was Alan Smith's first team? I wonder. Scunthorpe United. They could have been called, called Scunthorpe United rather than the yeah. Kaiser Chiefs. Scunny or Scunny. <laughs> Ian Botham played for Scunthorpe United. That's right. Ian Botham, the legendary cricketer, two-sport athlete. Hmm. What a cricketer anyway. he was, by the way. Yeah. All right. Um, Jimmy's just uh, almost just said, fuck you, I'm leaving. <laughs> Literally just almost stood up there and said, I'm done. Anything yeah. else you want to get to before we leave today? A shout out Zlatan Ibrahimovic. His back played for Sweden. They got stuffed, but he, was, he became the oldest player to ever play, like overtaking his Dino's off, uh, which made sense a goalkeeper, but that's insane. 41, right? Yeah. It's pretty impressive. It really is. Incredible. Good old Ibra. Incredible. Okay, so listen, we're back Wednesday from the tent. We'll get you set for the, the Premier League weekend as well, um, which you can find on Fubo TV, in case you didn't know already. Subscribe now, please do it. And uh, get your bets courtesy No Star Bets, footybets.ca. Log on there, win some money, lose some money. Just enjoy it, but bet safely. That's the most important thing. All right, until then, hope you enjoyed this. Keep buying newspapers. Cheers for watching and listening. Follow us on Twitter at footy underscore prime and on Instagram at footy prime IG. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.